0: Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Well, we are in a series right now that we are calling Choose Joy. Come on now. Choose joy. How many of you know that choice that God has given us in life is a powerful gift? It's an incredible gift that God has given humanity this free will, this power of choice. And it can either be used for really wonderful things in our lives, or it can be used for not so wonderful things in our lives. Anybody been down that road before? Come on. And we're talking about this series of choose joy here. And I want to I help us to unpack just a thought today as we get into this Choose joy space. And and here's the thought I have for you today. Choices lead and feelings follow. Choices lead and feelings follow. So as you're in your journey in life and as you're pursuing the heart of God for you, here's what I want you to know. You may not feel like it. In fact, oftentimes we don't feel like doing the things that we know that we should do. How many of you feel like exercising? Yeah, that's what I thought, like two of you. Tim, that's cheating. Like, it, for those of you that don't know Tim, like Tim runs a million miles and makes other people do it. It's horrible, right? But it's this, it's this reality that, that we know, right, in our minds, we know that exercise is really good for us, right? It's healthy for your bodies. It actually makes you a happier person. But we don't always feel like exercising. How many of you know sometimes we just need to choose to exercise? Why? Because it's good for us. And there's this space when it comes to joy in our life that sometimes in this journey, you're not going to feel joyful. You're not going to feel like rejoicing. But God has given us some incredible examples throughout Scripture of what it means to choose joy. We have guys like David, who was who a guy who made lots of mistakes in his life. If you've read the Bible at all and you've read the story of David's life, David was a guy that had some really shining moments, followed by some really stupid ones. And that could probably be the story of most of our lives, right? Really shining moments and some really like, man, what the, what are you thinking? Right? We, we all can kind of fit into that space. So David was one of those guys. But David learned one of the keys to his journey, because he had some really low moments, was not getting wrapped up in the circumstances of the moment but learning how to choose joy in the entire journey, right? He didn't let the, the highs keep him too high, and he didn't let the lows take him too low. He learned, and we talked about this last week, how to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, to take the journey in his life in relationship with God and to learn that joy is actually a choice. It's not just a feeling that we have in our lives. We see some really cool other examples in Scripture. A guy named Paul... Uh, Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament, and Paul's life was probably one of the most messed up journeys you can find. This guy was shipwrecked and beaten and imprisoned and stoned, not the recreational kind of stoned, like rocks, ouch, it hurt kind of stone, right? And he was this guy that in the midst of all of these things that were going was going on in his life, we see him give us these incredible examples of what it means to choose joy. In fact, Paul kind of said it this way, I'm, I'm pressed on every side, but I'm not going to give up. Like life is really not fun right now, but I'm just going to keep moving forward. How did he do this? What, what was the, the key that, that Paul had in his life that might be look a little bit different than how some of us feel like we're navigating life. What was, what was Paul's secret sauce to this? We're going we're gonna to jump into some spaces in Scripture here, but I, but I want you to understand, like, Paul was not a perfect guy. He wasn't some superhero. He was just a guy that made some choices in his life that positioned him well to live in the goodness and joy of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, this is, one of the spaces that Paul was writing in. And here's what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, uh, Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. This is one of those moments where Paul was going, Life is not fun right now. But I'm choosing something different. He says, but we always have joy. He goes on to say, we are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing And yet, we have everything. It's this weird dichotomy, right? Paul's saying, my heart is broken. Life is brutal right now. But, we always have joy. It's this weird mindset that he was was living in in his life that his circumstances were not going to define the way that he approached the life that God had given him to live. Paul kind of invites us into this the space of making the right choice in difficult circumstances. Not based on, on really the, the, the fun that we're having, but more based on the reality of the goodness of God. And over these next three weeks, I want to I bring to you three choices that if you'll make these choices in your life, I promise you on the other side of these choices, you will find joy in your journey. Now that's a pretty bold statement, but here's, Here's the reality of it. God's word has yet to lie ever. It has always been true. So when God gives us some principles through his word, here's what I know. He will always be faithful for us to reap the rewards of following his truth and, and obeying his word. And so we're going to talk about this and I, I want to I be really clear. We're not talking about the fake kind of joy here. The where we kind of put the smile on, but inside, man, we're hating life. What we're talking about is a work, and we talked about it a little bit this morning in worship, a work that starts in the inside of us and comes out of us. A work that goes way beyond uh, whether we are feeling it in the moment and takes us into the place of the choices and decisions that we make with our life. And and I really believe that if if you'll make some choices... Over these next couple of weeks, you will experience a greater degree of joy in your life. And I don't know anybody in the room that wouldn't want a little bit more joy. Come on. All right, this journey is tough. It's challenging, right? But God promises us this space of joy. So today I want to open us up with the first choice. And here's the first choice. The choice to pray first is the foundational piece to find and experience joy. Real joy. You're like, Tim, we just got done doing a series on prayer. Yes, we did. And I want to reinforce that today with some powerful truths from the Word of God that will help you unlock joy in your life, maybe to a different degree than you've ever experienced before in your life. Because remember, prayer must be our first response, not our last resort. And all too many times, and I could probably preach on this for the rest of the year, and we still would not probably grasp everything that we need to out of this space of prayer. But when prayer becomes our first response today, I'm going to teach you out of Scripture, specifically from the heart of Paul, uh, what that looks like. And I'm going to have us turn over to Philippians chapter 4, and we'll get there in just a second. But I want to set the stage for this. Remember, Paul was a guy who who had dealt with some stuff in life, and this, this book of Philippians that Paul wrote was one of his prison epistles. And just so you know, that is not like a term of endearment. <laughs> a prison epistle means that he wrote it literally in prison. And this was not like, um, like vacation or a country club. This was not the comforts that people experience in the modern day side of incarceration. These were places that were dark, smelly. They did not have daylight in them. They were were literally like these underground caverns. They, they, They were places that you did not want to be. And somehow, this guy Paul found the ability to begin to talk to us about this place of not allowing our circumstances to dictate the way that we experience life. In fact, 27 times in the book of Philippians, Paul either says, be joyful or rejoice, be joyful or rejoice, and, and I'm going I'm to take you through a passage of Scripture here, we're going to talk about kind of these steps that help us to experience this greater joy that God wants for us. Anybody want a little bit more joy in their life today? I just want to make sure I'm preaching to the right people, right? Okay. Here's what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. Here's what it says. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now I just want to open this up for us for just a second. Here's what Paul's saying. He's in prison. He's wrestling through, I'm sure, the tensions of God. Why am I here again? Like, God, you you could get me out of this. You're God. Like, you've healed the sick through my hands, Lord. We've done miracles. And why am I back in prison? Instead of Paul wrestling through this and having a woe is me moment, he just decides, you know what? This is great. I'm just going to write another letter. I'm going I'm to coin something that will help the body of Christ to grow. He got thrown in prison. He's like, man, good. I still have the book of Ephesians I need to finish writing, right? Like, there was something inside of him that was just different. And he, he starts it out by saying, hey, rejoice. Like, you've got to learn how to rejoice in your life, to celebrate. And then he says, because you didn't get it the first time, I'm going to say it again, rejoice. Like it was almost as if as he was writing this, he knew who he was writing to, that they would just skip over the rejoice part at the beginning. And so he wanted to bring their attention back to the space, rejoice. And and then here's here's what he's saying in this rejoice space. Understand the word rejoice is is actually kind of a funny word because it's saying, hey, redo that thing over again. What thing? The Joyce thing. (laughs) Redo that over and over and over. He's saying, make a choice to be joyful. Rejoice over and over and over again. It's a choice in our lives. Paul was saying, listen, I'm in prison. I get this, man. Like, There's some bad days in life, but choose to rejoice. Choose it in your life. Day in and day out, whatever experiences you're going, it's not that you ignore that the circumstances are different or difficult. You just say, hey, it's not going to capture my heart. I'm going to choose to rejoice in my God. I'm going to choose to rejoice. What gave him the ability to do that? How, to, how can Paul say rejoice? And again I say rejoice. And then he goes on to say, and let your gentleness be evident to all. Well, that, what what are you talking about, Paul? You're you're in prison. What? What? What is, what is this whole concept of rejoicing and being gentle? You should be bitter and angry and frustrated, and, right? Because my car wouldn't start this morning or my Starbucks order was messed up, or right? Like, here's Paul sitting in prison and he's saying, rejoice. Let your gentleness, this peace about you be, be evident to all that surrounds you. Paul's writing this as he's sitting around other prisoners and guards that hate them and all of this space, and he's writing this, and he's encouraging the church with these words. I believe he was writing them for us today. How in the world can you say to us, Paul, to rejoice? Have you not seen the news in America? Paul, how how can you say to rejoice? I just lost my job last week, and I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family. Paul, how can you say rejoice and do it over and over and over? How can you tell me to do that? And then from that place, also to just be gentle and nice and kind to the people that are around me? Paul gives this little tag on the end of here to help us to understand how that can happen in our lives. And here's what he says. How can you do this? Why can you do this? Simple. Because the Lord is near. He's here with you. He's present with you even in the really messed up and dark moments. He's near. And when the Lord is near, we've got everything that we need. This was the premise that Paul started with as he was writing this book of Philippians and he was talking about the place of joy and then he begins to unpack that for us here but he's making it wrapped around This space of joy and prayer being intimately connected together. In other words, you can't separate them out. As we continue down through Philippians 4 here, you're going to see five spaces, five things I want to share with you this morning that from the place of prayer will lead you into experiencing real joy in your life. And Paul just, he opens it up to us just in a conversation that he's having with the church. I, I want you to experience this space for you because God wants you to live with joy. And again, not just that fake put a, put a smile on because you have to, but a joy that comes from the inside of you, even when, listen to me, you're not feeling it. You're choosing it in your life. So five things that we see in this space that Paul opens up to us. Number one, prayer replaces worry. The English root to the word worry actually means this. It means to strangle or to choke. Man, doesn't that bring like an epiphany to you about what you felt in your life and your journey? When we worry about things, when we spend our time worrying about things, it literally feels like the very life is being choked out of us. That is actually exactly the word that that Paul begins to talk about and he's going to take us to us, that most of us feel this tension and this pressure in life. Most of us feel that life is pressing in on us and we just don't know that we can make all the right decisions or enough right decisions to get out from under the weight of that. Paul knew that. The Holy Spirit knew that. And it's exactly why God inspired Paul to write these very next words in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and we're just going to walk down through this space of Scripture. Here's what Paul says. Do not be anxious about anything. Wait a minute. Just, just before that, Paul is telling us to, to rejoice always and, and that God is near to us. And then he, he goes on and begins to set a foundation for how that looks and works in our lives. He says, don't be anxious for anything. Why, why not? Here's why. Because worry is the thief of your present. When you worry, you miss out on all that God has for you right here and now. Worry, I love this quote, I found this the other day, worry is the misuse of your God-given imagination. Think about that. Because when we begin to worry, we think about things that haven't happened yet, and probably never will happen, but we begin to imagine them in our minds, and they begin to be the very things that begin to choke out the life that we're trying to experience in God. Worry begins to come and steal the moments of our life, it steals our attention, it steals our affection, it steals our focus. Many of us worry in all kinds of different spaces in life, and we're missing out on the very life that is in front of us that God has invited us to live. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. I love this word. It's a beautiful question. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? That's kind of like, a, hello? What are you doing? Why, why are you wasting the time in worry? There's not, not even a, a thing productive that's coming out of that. Jesus is saying, can you, can you even add an hour to your life? In the spectrum of your life, can you add one moment to your life by worrying? No, but you can steal a lot of moments. Jesus goes on to say, Matthew 6, verse 34, He says, therefore don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I'm glad tomorrow is worrying about itself. Each day, has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen? Every day I got 6 kids. Believe me, each day has enough trouble on its own. Somehow they find it miraculously and bring it to my wife and I to help deal with with them, right? It's life. Life has a lot of challenging things and Jesus was speaking, he wasn't saying, "Hey, just pretend like it's not difficult." That's not what he's saying. Jesus is saying, "Life is going to have some difficult moments." Why don't you spend time focusing on today and not worry about tomorrow? Like, don't, don't live in fear. Don't live in the anxiety of what's, what's to come tomorrow because there's really nothing you can do about it anyways. So just be present. Be present in the moment. Jesus warned about it, this to us, shared this with us, because He knew how easy it is for us to get all wrapped up in the future and in the next moment and all of these things that really... We have zero control of. And so Jesus is saying, do, make a choice to not be anxious about tomorrow. Make a choice of your will to say, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you know best, God, because I really can't do anything about that anyways. I don't know about you, but I, I find myself all too often in life wrapped up in thoughts of anxiety or a thinking about things that are to come. In fact, I found, found myself just last week, we were at one of my boys' basketball games, and you know everybody's cheering, it's fun, they're a fun environment, they're horrible basketball players, but it was a fun, fun time together, right? Everybody's cheering, kids are running up and down the court, and I find myself beginning to be anxious, to think, and to worry about some responsibilities that I have. The next thing I know, I hear a me. And the quarter of basketball was over. And I hadn't watched one moment of my son playing basketball. I had been robbed of that moment because of the imagination, the anxiety, the the thoughts that were going on in my mind. And I couldn't even be present in the moment to enjoy my son's basketball game. Now, I know all of you are way better than me. But I think all too often in life, we allow the pressures of life to steal moments from us. And we aren't even present in the really beautiful, fun, and enjoyable things of life because our mind is dealing with the anxieties of the things that haven't even happened and probably aren't going to happen either. Don't let yourself be robbed of the beauty of what God has for you. Don't let yourself be distracted by all that God has for your life let me let me unpack it for you in this way the times where our minds and our hearts drift away from the present and are worried about the future those moments reveal more about our relationship with God and our prayer life than just about any other moment in life let me say it to you this way Show me what you worry about the most and I'll show you where you trust God the least. And this is for all of us. And I'm not up here preaching at you. I'm sharing with you in this journey and process in my own life. That all too often, instead of putting the priority on the space that God has invited us to, in other words, prayer... We take it on and we we think in some way, shape, or form, the more times we play it over in our mind, the the better the results are going to be. And can I tell you, that never happens. It never happens. All it does is create more fear and anxiety in us. When we learn to release to God, through prayer, the things that are burning in our lives, we begin to experience the joy that He promised to us. When we hold those things in our life, we get ourselves in all kinds of trouble. And we miss out on the beautiful moments that are in front of us day in and day out. The second thing that prayer does is prayer relinquishes control. Now, some of you are like, I'm out. I like being in control, right? I am a control freak. Like, I, I like control in my life. But the beauty of prayer is, is prayer leads us into a place of reliance on God. Here, here's what many of us think, that we're going to co-control things with God. As if He needs our help. Right? Like, God, I, you know, I know you're God and everything, but I think you might need my help on this one. And the heart of God is like, uh, it doesn't work that way in this economy. This is exactly what Paul was speaking. He goes on, Philippians chapter 4, we're just walking down through this here. Uh, Verses six and seven says, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The key here is by prayer. So Paul's saying, listen, when anxiety in these moments hit your life, here's the key for you that will unlock something that God wants to give you in your life. Here's, Here's what he's saying. He says, by prayer, by prayer. He didn't say by thinking good thoughts, which is a good thing to do in your life. He didn't say by having a conversation with another person. He didn't say that. He said when anxiety comes into your life, learn this space of going to God first with your prayers. All kinds of prayers. Because you're going to have all kinds of anxiety. You're going to have all kinds of challenges and difficulty. and and, And he's just saying, hey, listen, learn how in this moment to first go to God in prayer, and he follows that up with this little twist of just saying, be thankful. You know what thankfulness is? Thankfulness is the moment of saying, God, this thing in front of me looks like a monster. It's going to eat me. But here's what I know about you, God. You already got this thing taken care of, and so I'm just going to thank you for it right now. I don't have the results of it in my hands. I don't have necessarily the the happiness surrounding me, but I'm choosing joy and thankfulness right now, God, because I know that you see this situation and you got it covered. And so I'm going to choose to be thankful before I get my answer. I'm going to choose to be thankful in this moment. I'm just going to enter into your presence, God, with a petition, with a request, but I'm going to start out by saying thank you, God, that you already have the answer for this imagine if we actually, come on church, lived our lives this way? How much anxiety and fear and all of those things just would not have a place in our life because we came before God in the messed up situation and saying, God, this is not fun, but thank you that you already have an answer to it. Thank you, God. And then what Paul says is you follow that up with presenting your request before God. This is exactly what we're talking Prayer relinquishes control. When we present our requests and our petitions before God, we're saying, God, I can't do anything about this, but you can. Here you go. It's a presenting, right? It's coming before Him, and it's saying, God, here it is. I can't do this on my own. It's an acknowledgement and a relinquishing of the control that we have in our lives to the only one that can actually do anything about what you're wrestling with. But it's a choice. It's a choice to pray. It's a choice to move from the place of worry into a place of prayer intentionally and saying, God, thank you, you already have an answer for this. And God, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm wrestling through, God. As if he doesn't know, right? But what he's wanting is for you to acknowledge your need for him and to relinquish the control of, of making that circumstance work out the way that you want it to and say, God, you, you already know what needs to happen here. And so God, I'm going to trust you in this place. Prayer leads us into these beautiful spaces of God. And here's, here's what Paul goes on to say. Here's, here's the reward of what happens in this moment. Verse 7 says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds In Christ Jesus. Here's the lesson. As I present to God these worries and anxieties of my life, what I get in exchange for that is the peace of God. What I get in exchange for not being able to sleep good at night, taking medications to try and just keep my anxiety down, right? Having nine more cups of coffee, Right, whatever it is in your life, whatever we do to medicate the pain that we're feeling in that moment, the anxiety that we're feeling, whatever you do, and believe me, we all have our little outlets. God's saying, man, I've got something so much better for you. I've got something that if you'll just learn to present this to me, if you'll relinquish control of this, I've got an answer for you and it'll blow your mind. The cool part is this will it, be beyond anything that you could have even imagined. And along with that, I want to give you some peace so that you can just like enjoy your day. Imagine that. So you can just pause for a moment and not feel the weight and the pressure of that anxiety trying to choke you out during your day. But you can stop. Man, I have physically felt this in my life and I bet many of you have too. When The moment that I had actually released giving something to God And man, it's like, I can breathe again. I can breathe again. And all too many of us are walking in life with this stranglehold on us. And man, we don't know if we can make it another day. And Jesus is saying, man, would you just let me carry that for you? Paul's unpacking this from prison. Trying to help us to to get our our minds wrapped around this. Here's a a great statement for you. You need to take this one into your heart. It can't be God's problem and my problem at the same time. This came from a pastor that I just respect so much, Pastor Chris Hodges, but that might be one of the wisest statements of all time, right? It can't be God's problem and my problem at the same time. Somebody has control of that thing. Do you want it to be you or him? And if you want it to be you, I'm going to ask you this question right now. How, How are you doing with that? Are you seeing the results that you were hoping for? Are you, are you experiencing the joy and peace of life? Or are you just getting choked out in the process? Come on, he, He's just better at it than we are. And prayer is the vehicle by which we get to present to Him these weights and worries and fears. And some of you are like, man, I'm just not a good prayer. This has nothing to do with being a good prayer. It just has to do with being a person that just doesn't want to keep carrying those burdens anymore in their life. Right, It has to do with being those who say, God, you're just better at this than I am. Peter gives us this beautiful picture of it in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. Notice that he doesn't say it's because you're incompetent. He says, cast all your cares on him. Listen to me this morning. Because he loves you. He cares about you. He doesn't want you to have to carry that burden. You've been carrying it way too long and Jesus died on the cross so that you don't have to do that anymore. Just trust Him. Relinquish the control and I promise you the benefit of that, the result of that will be this joy that Paul is trying to teach us how to rejoice in. To experience. Journey with. That word there to to cast all your cares actually means in the In the original language, it means to, like, throw. They actually used it as a term that they used to go fishing when they would throw their nets out to catch fish, right? To just just let it go. Anybody seen Frozen? Let it go, let it go. Come on. My daughter Naya was in here, she'd be dancing and all that. But there's this reality that we just, like, for some reason, feel like we got to have it in our hands. God's just saying, man, will you, will you just cast that on me? It doesn't look good on you. It's crushing you. It's killing you. Romans chapter 15 verse 13 says it like this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How? As you trust in Him. Not trust in you. Your ability to, to navigate these waters or figure the situation out. But as you trust In Him, as you trust in Him, may you be filled with all joy. Not just like a certain kind of joy and not the kind of joy that comes when we get to go to Chick-fil-A or, you know, those kind of things. Like, I'm talking about this joy that resides inside of us and gives us this just overwhelm. Come on, are you with me this morning? This is what Jesus wants for you in your life. I'm wearing a shirt that has palm trees on it today because... Man, I I need to be thinking about some warm and joyful places. Right? I'm making a choice. God wants you to learn how to make some choices in your life to go to Him in prayer. So you don't have to carry these weights any longer. You get to experience what He has for you. We relinquish control. The number three thing that Paul talks about here is That prayer regulates my thinking. We all could use some help in this space. Come on, we're being influenced day in and day out by so much media input into your life. I'm not going to be heavy-handed this morning, but I'm going to be a little heavy-handed this morning. Some of us just have way too much negativity and garbage pouring into our minds through the media streams of our life And it's no wonder you can barely get out of bed every morning. You're carrying the burdens of the world on your life. And you wonder why you dread every day. That stuff was not meant for you to to consume at the volume at which you were consuming it. Man, if you want to get stressed out, just turn on the news. It'll ruin your day in a heartbeat. Watching our politicians be ridiculous with each other watching a nation that's putting priorities on things that aren't even important. And we're devaluing human life and the beauty of what God's created. Like, come on church, if you think that that in any way, shape, or form is not affecting your life, I got something for you this morning. It's impacting you more than you can even imagine. Because it's coming into the the mind gate of your life and it's imprinting the way that you view life. And it burdens you down trying to take you out. The things that we input into our minds influence our beliefs and will bear fruit in the way that you live your life. Come on. Let's not, not play games with this in our life. The things that we're thinking about and allowing ourselves to meditate or to think on throughout our day are impacting you in a greater way than you can even imagine. And prayer leads us, listen, to thinking the right way. How do we know that? Well, look what Paul says here in verse 8. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, here's what his instruction is. Think on these things. Now remember, this is all in the context of Paul saying, when you're anxious, pray. Pray. And He follows that up with this instruction to us that when you pray, here's what's taking place in your life. The things that you're thinking about are changing. Why? Because we're casting all of our cares on Him. And then He instructs us to think on some good stuff for once in your life. Come on. Think on some things that are beautiful and pure, praiseworthy. Take some time to celebrate the beauty of what God has created in your life. Take some moments to dwell on the fact that, just as we sang this morning, that, that, that we don't have to carry our sin around anymore. Jesus forgave us of that. Can you imagine if you just took 10 or 15 minutes a day and just thought, Jesus, thank you so much that I don't have to carry my sin any longer. I don't know about you. That's, that's something that's praiseworthy in my life. Because the burden of sin that I've accumulated in my life, if I had to be responsible for that, would crush me. And I have experienced the mercy of Jesus and His grace in my life. And so i got something that is praiseworthy for me to think about, to dwell on. Right? Prayer changes the way that we think. Why? Because we offload all these burdens into the presence of God and what we receive in exchange for that is the peace and the joy of the Lord seems like an unfair exchange but i'll take the end that we get anytime because he wants to be the one that carries your burdens for you prayer helps us to train our thinking around those things listen to me that will produce joy in our life all too many of us have trained ourselves to think in ways that certainly are not producing joy in us we've trained ourselves and here's what's actually happened if you want to get into the science side of it. You've created neural pathways in your brain that those negative emotions and feelings and thoughts just love to continue to travel down. But here's the beauty of it. God says you can have a renewed mind. And that's not just a, oh, I'm going to think a little bit differently. No, that actually means that biologically in your brain you can rewire, rehardwire your brain as you begin to think Think on different things. Let me put it to you this way in an illustration. Whatever you feed will grow. Whatever you starve will die. All too many of us are are thinking way too many negative thoughts. We're feeding the negative thoughts of our life. And then we open up our phone and then it's reinforced through every social media platform and all these other spaces. So most of us don't even have time or the energy to open up our Bibles and read what God says about it. And we're wrestling through identity and we're wrestling through our marriages and we're trying to define them through our culture. And God's saying, what are you doing? That was not how I created you. I created you to to think about things that are beautiful, to be reminded of my love for you and to be reminded of all that's been sacrificed for you in your life through Jesus and to remind you of your family and these people that are surrounding you in life, to think on those things that are good. And as you begin to do that, it creates new, new neural pathways in your brain. And you begin to live in the joy of the Lord. You rejoice. You're living in that new space of your life. When we do that, man, we get to participate in something that is divine. We get to participate in the joy, and the celebration of heaven in our lives. And this is exactly what God invites us to. We've got two more here. Number four, prayer reveals contentment. We start prayer with, God, I need. That's how the majority of us would enter into a time of prayer. I'm not saying that you can't bring your needs before God. In fact, we just read here, Paul instructing us to do that. But for those of you that have ever spent time in prayer, how many of you have ever noticed that by the end of your time, if you're actually spending time with Him and not just complaining to Him, that we get to the end of our prayer time, and here's, here's typically what's, what's coming out of our, our lips. Thank you, God, that You are all that I need. You see, when we come before God and we bring our requests before Him, that means the requests we recognize very clearly, they're smaller than He is. And as we get our eyes off of those things that are burdening us and we look to our God, we are reminded of His greatness, His authority and power. And all of a sudden we're like, yeah, no, dude, you got this covered. I got nothing to worry about. Thank you, God, for being everything that I need, right? So we move into this place of contentment in our life because we recognize the greatness of our God. Paul shows us this in verse 12. It says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned. Where did he learn this? In prayer. And in prison. The secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul's saying, listen, it doesn't matter what I have in my life. It does not determine my joy." My joy is determined by the fact that my God is good. He's with me. He's forgiven me. I'm going to choose to dwell on those things. And from that platform, Paul finds this place of contentment in every phase of life. Whether you got the cool car or not. Right? Whether your retirement account looks like what you want it to or not. Like I've just found this place of contentment and peace in you, God, because you're my treasure. You're what's valuable, not what I own, not my possessions, not my career path. None of those things will ever satisfy us in life. So as we learn to pray, joy comes into our life because we see the greatness of our God and a Father that loves us and loves to be with His kiddos, to journey with us, to celebrate with us. Remember, all these statements that Paul is giving to us here all comes secondary to this reality that we pray first. And the results of that prayer, that time with God, produces this great joy in our life. Let's finish out with number five. Prayer relies on God. It's that moment of reminder that I am not enough on my own. I need Him. We don't like to say that very much as Americans because we like to be self-reliant. But the truth is, we desperately need God in our lives. We figure out, listen to me, how much we need Him the more time we spend with Him in prayer. It's not like we go into prayer and all of a sudden we come out of there being like, yeah, I'm good, I got this. No. What happens in prayer is we're reminded of the greatness of God and our total dependence and reliance upon Him. Without Him, we've got nothing. Paul finishes out this space by saying in in verse 13, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Isn't it amazing that Paul entered into it with this conversation about anxiety that's trying to rob you of every moment in your life. And by the end of it, through prayer through giving these things to God and through some celebration and Thanksgiving and all of these things, finding contentment and just knowing God that at the end of it, Paul's statement is, I can do all things. Then he goes on in verse 19, and this is probably my favorite part of this whole passage of Scripture. It says, and my God will meet all of my needs according to... To his riches, the glory in Christ Jesus. What What is that statement saying? Saying, God, in this journey of life, if I would just but learn to pray first, I get to experience the joy of my God's provision in my life. He will supply. We want to experience the joy that God has for us in life. We have a first choice to make and that first choice for us today is a space of going to Him in prayer. and Trusting that our God is capable to carry the burdens that all too many of us try to carry on our own. And the flip side of learning how to go to Him in prayer is the fact that we get to experience the joy of the Lord in our life. We get to rejoice as Paul stated to us. I know where you find yourself at today, man. This I wrote this message to some degree and um, it deeply challenged me this week of being a man that learns to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, Paul says rejoice. Not just from a theory standpoint, do that in my mind, but to put it into practice in my life. I think the capstone to Paul's conversation with us, what we found in Philippians here is that there's two options for us in this journey. You can choose anxiety or you can choose prayer. You can choose the stress carrying things in life or you can find the peace of releasing things to God. in life. The choice is ours and this is why we've named this series Choose Joy because you get to choose. My prayer for you is that you would choose to experience the joy that God has for you and wants for you in life. But only you get to make that choice. I just can't help but to believe that as we Head into this week that's ahead of us that God would sure like to carry some of the burdens that you are currently carrying. He would sure like to come alongside of you and say, Hey, I'll take that one. Just present it to me. So as we close our time together this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I think there's a, many of us in the room today that just recognize we're, we're just carrying too many things. And, and I want you to hear this this morning. There's no reprimand from God or Paul here, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to just say, hey, there, there's a better way to navigate your life, and you, you you don't have to be the one that carries those burdens or maintains control, but you can trust the God of the universe who loves you and gave his son for you to help you in this journey. It's choice, but he's inviting you in that place of peace, and joy, and relief. Nobody can force you into it God certainly doesn't want to. He wants it to be something that is birthed out of just an acceptance of what He's done for us. So as we pray this morning close our time, I don't know where you're at in your journey. I don't know the things that you're you're carrying that you need to offload this morning, but I I just think this is a great place to be able to do that. We're together. He's here with us. I just think we can take a moment this morning and just bring some of those things. Present to Him right your requests Now I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray over us and for us this morning but I want to invite you into a conversation with God as well to just say God hey I'm wrestling with some anxiety about jobs family health issues and just say God I'm, I'm choosing this morning to present them to you and God I want to exchange that anxiety for the peace that passes all understanding here's what I know my God will be faithful to do He'll exchange it. It's His promise to you. So as we pray this morning, would you just open your heart up to Him? Father, we thank You so much that as we sit here today, God, we get to sit in the truth of Your Word, Lord, not the realities of some of the imprisonments, Lord, that we've created for ourselves. And Lord, Your Word says that we would know the truth, and the truth would set us free. Jesus, that's you. So, Lord, this morning we just invite you, God, to come or right into our space, Lord, or maybe some of the burdens that we've been carrying in life. God, thinking that we can handle them better, God, this morning, Lord, we just humble ourselves before you. God, we just say that we need you. But we thank you that you already have the answers to all of these things in our life, and. Lord, this morning, we just present them to You. Uh, whether it be family, finances, relationships, Lord. Maybe some anxiety about the future and the world that we see around us. But God, today, we choose to take our attention off of those things and to put our attention on You. And Lord, we present to You, God, these anxieties. The things that weigh us down in life. They're trying to choke us out, God. And Lord, today, we say that You're just bigger than it all. And so, Lord, we just... With open hands, God, we release to You, Lord, the things that are burdening us in life, Lord. And Lord, we know that in Your capable hands, Lord, Lord, You will bring about, God, the right thing in the right time. So God, today we just make a choice to trust You. And God, today we choose joy. Lord, through the the choice of prayer and bringing our requests before You, God, we choose, God to experience the joy that you've purchased for us. Lord, today I'm just asking for every weight and chain to just fall aside, God. Lord, that as we sit in your presence here today, Lord, that we just get to feel, experience the full embrace of your love, God. Lord, that we would not shortchange the work that you did on the cross, Lord, by in some way, shape, or form thinking that we can handle it better. Lord, today we just acknowledge our need for you. Lord, we thank you that this is what you purchased for us, Jesus, on the cross. And Lord, today we're just going to step right into the middle of it, Lord, and receive, Lord, all that you have for us. Lord, we love you. God, Lord, we thank you for the week that's ahead of us, Lord. Lord, just the opportunities it presents, Lord, to share of your goodness, God, with the people that surround us in life. And Lord, as we leave this place today, God, may we leave as a people that are lighter, God, Lord, because we've experienced, Lord, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lord, Lord we thank you for your joy and your hand in our lives, Lord. Lord we ask that you would Lord, be with us this week. And Lord, let us bring that joy into other people's lives, God. May they experience you through us, Lord. Father, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and the glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Come on, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.